Hello and welcome to Beatdown, a musical battle royale. I'm your host and Nielsen family number 216, Josh Burnell, and joining me on the panel this week, she's going to make it after all, she's Jennifer Lane, everybody. <laughs> Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening. He's moving on up, he's Edward Giordano. Hey Ed, how you doing? Uh, to the east side is probably where I need to be <laughs> moving nice. if I want to afford it at a place on my own, <laughs> for real. And he's a writer, he's a producer, and he just set off for a three-hour tour. He's Brett Schlank, everyone. Good evening, Brett. Howdy, Josh. How you doing? I like how you waved there. <laughs> You're sitting. Oh, it's good you. for our viewing public. <laughs> uh, Brett, you've been at the Ren Fair uh, all day. So are you full of honeymead and uh, legs of lamb? I am full of meat and uh, and uh, scotch-based chocolates and mm. uh, no mead. No oh, mead. No mead. Oh, no. that's right. Well, uh, yeah. he brought us some scotch-based chocolates, so we'll have no. to try that after the show. All yes. right, Brett already has my vote for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's like, I don't even know what yeah, we're talking about. You, you won. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm in for Brett. <laughs> Uh, Ed, uh, we've talked about Paramore on the show before. We've talked about my love of the first two albums uh, by Paramore, my meh for the third album by Paramore, and my murderous rage. That's not true. Uh, but my didn't really care about the fourth album of Paramore. There's a new Paramore. Are you, are this you kidding me? Self-titled is like where it's at. Uh, the new single by Paramore entitled Hard Times came out this week. What do you think of it, Ed? Um, My thoughts are, okay, so I like to call it Ain't it fun? Trump edition. <laughs> That's what I've decided it is. It has that trop pop style, which which has essence of ain't it fun. And I, I will admit, I was listening to Zayn, uh, still got time today, because I was like, oh, this. I was listening to Hard Times a lot. And I was digging the trop pop. I was digging the, the marimba xylophone things going on. And yeah, I like I like Hard Times. And uh Hashtag Alternative Facts podcast, which is an alternative music podcast. They how alternative bands that have had a, had that have had crossover in the past few years have had this '80s bent, and they really point to "Shut Up and Kiss Me" by Walk the Moon as that as like the, like the alternative band that's crossed over to mainstream. And they say that Hard Times is set to have that sort of mainstream appeal. So uh, you are right on everything except that it's good. Um, it is. I, did, I, did I say what, that was good? Oh, that's true. You did actually. What is trop hop? What would trop pop? What are you saying? Trop pop, like tropical taste. Oh, pop. tropical pop. So what's funny is I, uh, as as a big Paramar fan, I listen to the song. The one thing I like is that she's singing again. Um, I really dig that her voice it, at the very beginning of the hook. It, okay, the song starts and it is Blondie. All right. I'm an old man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have all the Blondie records. I don't need I'm more records. Hard Blondie. This is uh, one of my favorite songs. So I'm, I'm on board. Okay. Ironically, Blondie has a new single that's really good, uh, better than this song. But um, so it is, I totally get the Trop Pop. It's totally just new wave. It's, it's an 80s new wave song. They went that way. It kicks off with such an a new wave opening. I'm like, all right, I don't need this. But when she starts singing, it's really good. And then as soon as they get, there is so much weird novelty in the song. So like she'll sing it all. And then there's these weird refrains where they're like, hard oh, times, like they all sing it together. It's like I this love weird that. kind That's of callback. I love the BGVs. It, my favorite. It's so, it's, it's so out of place. And then there's this whole like, and we're not going to get to rock bottom shouting part. It's just filled with weird novelty moments, which I find so distracting. Uh, I was, I was 
disappointed. Let's put it. I was hoping that they would uh, not go the way that everyone's going to be famous at the moment, which is to go towards, as you call it, Trop Pop. I call it New Wave. Uh, but they did. So that's interesting. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that's our that's our uh, single of the week. Uh, this is yeah, apparently. But I, I will. I will. I didn't. When I said I didn't think it was, I didn't say it was good. I do think it's good. I was just, I was just <laughs> caveating. Like I don't think I actually said that. Although I do like it a lot. You didn't, but I, I think we understood. Yes, the, the the fact that you wanted to talk about it, I assumed you you did. I like want to talk about. I want to talk about things I hate. I mean, that's so why I want to talk about. Two. I have thoughts on the cure that are that are will keep everlasting. So okay, let's. <laughs> We're over two. Oh, some evolving? week, some week you'll bring a single that I really like. I promise it'll happen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think I think there was potential here. I mean, you like Paramore, and for some reason hate their self-titled album. What, what, like we can all agree that Riot's the best, of course, but and the, I don't know, whatever. Okay, <laughs> all well, we know was falling as i don't even know yeah. okay let's carry on <laughs> well uh we are here for a beatdown wherein we choose a theme and each of us brings a song that we feel is the ultimate representation of that theme we will present our picks make our case and then you the listener will tell us uh what you think you will vote for what you think is the ultimate song that we brought this week and uh, we'll crown a winner based on your votes our topic this week is tv theme songs which is why we brought brett who is the biggest old school tv nerd i know oh, and yeah. super fun to talk to about that stuff uh and but our topic last week was the songs of prince ed brought the woke funk seven jennifer rolled old school with i want to be your lover uh vin earned us our explicit tag on itunes with <laughs> get off yes. uh but it was i uh, who rightly so won with Purple Rain, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ultimate I mean, I, Prince masterwork. I, I of course Purple Rain won, but I was I was happy with both mine and Jennifer's numbers. I was like, okay, we 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 had a respectable showing. Everybody against... got some solid votes last night, yeah. which I was I was impressed by how many votes that you got actually. Ed, not that Seven isn't a great song, but that I want to be your lover. You know, even a casual Prince fan has probably heard that at some point. Um, but like seven Even is a Brett. cut, you know, seven is a deep cut. Get yes. off if for a certain age group, get off mm -hmm. is not a particularly deep cut. I was impressed that you did as well as you did. Ed. So I, I, think, I think seven had like, like for me anyways, it was like the first time I experienced it and it felt like shockingly current. So I think that, I think that's the, it's like, I, I unmasked this song that was, that could be very relevant in today's landscape. <laughs> I like that. Well, we are here to talk about songs on TV, to which I will turn it over to Brett. Uh, Brett, songs about television, songs from television, songs, TV theme songs, to be totally specific. Um, is this a dying art form? Do you think that TV theme songs had their heyday and they don't exist anymore? Or are they kind of coming back? Because I feel like we did have a period in the 2000s where they cut off t theme songs so that they could just get into the show, get into the jokes, like, you know don't let people get up to use the restroom because they've heard she's going to make it after all but definitely with netflix and hbo they all have theme songs and they make a big deal about their theme songs on those shows uh what do you think about the progression of theme songs over time well i'll tell you uh theme <laughs> songs were originally made to fill up airtime so that you didn't have to have an entire show if you didn't want and you could tell during the 70s and 80s because if it was a longer if they played the full version of the theme uh, there was less content if it was smaller version or if it was just a blip. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh! And you knew that the shows were longer, and they used that to kind of help fill in time. I oh, to kind no of cheat. Idea. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah. Wow. I think the last 
four or five years, we've started to hear more themes, uh, more more theme songs. Like, um, God, what was the what was I talking about? You were uh, we talked about this the other day that New Girl has such a definitive, like it's such a such a recognizable theme song. It does, and it marks a specific point in time where theme songs actually came back. Hmm. So if you chart on the Netflix uh, series that were coming back right after that, because that song actually got airplay and was a little popular. Um, I don't know if that's one of the reasons why Netflix started adding it, because they don't have time constraints. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I think the reaction of it and secondary markets kind of said, hey, maybe we should take another look at this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think prestige television really liked theme songs or really liked opening credit sequences. You know, HBO always made a big deal about like the Sopranos opening credits, which were, you know, were always there throughout the series. Um, and then Netflix kind of played into that prestige television type bent where like when I think of theme songs today, the Stranger Things theme was a really big deal. Um, the theme song to The New One Day at a Time by Gloria Stefan is a jam. I'll just put that out it's there a right lot now of fun. It's, yeah it's super fun <laughs> but it is funny that as much as you know yeah there there are new theme songs there's also this thing where like especially with um premium televisions like hbo you know like game of thrones and westworld you have these elaborate beautiful sequences but it's just music as yeah, opposed to an actual song but people sit there and watch it like you don't you don't fast forward or you don't like wait for it to start and then you sit down you just you just sit there and you watch every bit of it because it's so beautiful and mesmerizing yeah i mean i i liked the uh theme and opening credits to westworld more than i liked westworld <laughs> i thought wow. it was it definitely was more meaningful yeah. but i mean when you do think about TV themes, you are thinking about the 70s and 80s. You are thinking oh, yeah. about different strokes and family ties and, you know, these songs which like many of them charted, many of them were oh, yeah. as mm -hmm. big as the shows that they were from. Certainly the songs we're going to talk about tonight were as big, if not bigger than the shows they were from sometimes. Uh, some more memorable than the shows. Mm -hmm. uh, Ed, TV themes for you, as as per usual, you did go recent, which is really fun to talk about. Um, you definitely, in your as you were coming up as a viewer, you came up during the period that we're talking about where there weren't a lot of TV themes. So what is your connection to this concept of TV theme songs? I mean, I, I sort of push back on that. I mean, my my favorite shows all had themes. Mm. Like, like, like to me, a Gilmore Girls episode is not a Gilmore Girls episode without the the alternate version of where you lead. Right. <laughs> La right. Charmed isn't charmed without its song. Mm -hmm. How soon is now? Mm. Yeah, like, so, uh, I mean... But those were pop songs that were used. It's the same thing with, like, Dawson Creek, wasn't it? An it was, oh, oh, it was a the song. The Call song, I don't want to wait. Yeah. California. Oh. California so from no, the OC. I, yeah. yeah. I think you're... Uh, I think it did happen. Like, I'm thinking that Lost is probably a really big hair bringer of, like, the lack of theme song. Because it's like, mm -hmm. they had so much content and so many answers to not give you. <laughs> we, can't possibly, we can't possibly fit into the theme song. Yeah, no room for that. That's so true. Well, Aww. so what do you think, Ed? Do you prefer an original theme song? Or we found a pop song that you already like and we made that the theme of our show? I mean, to me, I was introduced to Lost a song song through so to me they were new i want a song that fits whether whether it was a popular song at some point or it's or it would be or like i like it needs to fit the theme and i think that's what really uh really goes what with the song that i chose and i think even with some of the songs that 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 you guys chose as well that it, like to me what 
the ones that we picked really went with the show, really set up the tone, and like I don't know, like like I believe if you try to watch Gilmore Girls on Netflix, you try to skip the theme. I'm like, oh hell no, I'm not skipping <laughs> this theme. I need to sing yes. along. Like, oh, hell no. Now, Brett, uh, we went with you one night, uh, you and your girlfriend, Michelle. We all went to see The Remotes, which is a live band that only plays TV theme songs. And I can say, without a doubt, when you said, hey, we're doing this, I thought... That sounds terrible. And I, we were all at, we were at a bar already, me and my friends. And I was like, uh, this sounds hilarious. We should totally go check it out. It's going to be uh, a mess. It's going to be hopefully a hot mess. And for the first three or four songs, we were kind of in the audience being like, yep, total hot mess. And then you could not help but be won over with how every one of these songs was so absurdly fun. And like, even those shows that you didn't really know, you were kind of like, I never watched 227, but I still kind of remember this song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was really, it ended up totally winning me over. So this is like, when I think of TV theme songs, I think of you on this topic. <laughs> I, I will drive Michelle crazy uh, singing TV theme songs in the car. And uh, she thought it was very cute at first, mm -hmm. but um, now um, she doesn't. But I can always get her to sing duets with me to TV theme songs that she knows. Yes. Aww, this is a awesome. thing for us. And I love TV theme songs since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. Just everything. I mean, from Happy Days to Laverne and Shirley to yeah. everything. Well, let's get into it. Let's go around and we will bring our picks because I'm sure each of us are going to have plenty more things to say as each one of these picks come up. I won last week, so that means I have to go first. And uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play with a song for a show that you probably have never heard of. Maybe you've heard of, but you've probably never seen. Maybe you've seen, but uh, you might not remember very much of, but you know the song. And that song is a little ditty by Joey Scarberry. That is theme from the greatest American. Look at what's happened to me. I can't believe it myself. Suddenly I'm up on top of the world. It should have been somebody else. Believe So that is, believe it or not, the theme from The Greatest American Hero, uh, performed by Joey Scarberry, written by Mike Post and Stephen Geyer. Uh, Joey Scarberry is actually from, uh, he grew up in Thousand Oaks. Uh, he's actually from Ontario, local guy uh, to Los Angeles. And 
nothing to really say about <laughs> Joey Scarberry put out one record. Uh, it was called No Joke, America's Greatest Hero. Uh, my parents had it on vinyl. I don't know if they had it because I bugged them so much about how much I wanted to hear this song uh, or if they just had it. But man, if you want to listen to some 70s AM gold, go up and dig up that album. It's on Spotify. Uh, it is pretty... I mean, you're you're just gonna feel your uh, you're just gonna feel that sport jacket with the patches on the elbows and your giant mustache uh, just growing, sprouting out as you listen to Joe's polyester suit, big <laughs> collar. Uh, but that is the theme from the Greatest American Hero, which I think people probably know that name and know this song much more than they know the actual show, which was about a guy. He was a high school teacher named Ralph Hinckley. Uh, though later there was a guy who tried to kill Reagan, whose last name was Hinckley, so they changed the name to Hanley for a little while. Uh, and he was, what, driving one night, saw a flying saucer, and was given a magical suit. In Palmdale. In Palm, wow, that's a poll. <laughs> I was going to say nothing good ever happens in Palmdale, but that just <laughs> proved me wrong. Yeah, you, you were just <laughs> corrected. Uh, so he was given a suit by the aliens, and silly old Ralph, he lost or forgot, I guess, the instruction manual, so he never quite knew what the suit did. So what happened was he shrunk down. When oh, I was that's... looking at the book. No, then... that's the second time. What was the first time? The first time he just oh, like no, it loses fell out of the it. Back of the car. Yes, there it is. Then later in the show, they give him a new one, and he shrinks down with it, and then he gets human sized and forgets the book, and he can't find it again. I'm a little ashamed for mixing those two up. Oh wow. my gosh, this was it was so cheeseball. The, the other great thing is a Stephen J. Cannell show who created the A Team and created. Um, oh gosh, now I can't remember all the shows he created from that period. There's just too many to count. I, I want to say Riptide, Simon and Simon. <laughs> Simon and Simon, I remember that one for sure. Um, so he created a lot of TV shows in this period. Um, and so Ralph came back and he tried to solve crimes with the help of his girlfriend, Connie Selica, uh, married John Tesh, and uh, an FBI agent uh, who was Robert Culp, I think. That was Robert Culp. Robert oh Culp gosh, was the FBI yes. agent. And they went on adventures. He also had a lot of adventures with his high school class for whatever reason, which Michael Pere was in his high school class. I think that was his first job. Oh Wait, gosh. was this pre-Streets of Fire? It was pre-everything. Wow. It was pre-editing the cruisers, for I sure. Mean, oh, yeah. 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 If, he, um, if he was playing a high school kid. Because I know they push high school ages, but still... That, yeah. that would be hard. But this show, like, this show was a, a superhero show made for $7. Like, every <laughs> monster was barely a monster. When he flew, they only had one piece of flying footage that they would just use all the time. So every time he flew, it was the same piece of flying footage. The movie came out, like, right around the same time as Superman. The, the what, movie. Year, what years did it run? Or the TV show. Um, oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'll oh, have to sorry. look that up. Okay. 82? Uh, let's see. We've got it here. It's 81 to 83. Actually. Wow. You were super. Yeah. Well, you were right. You yeah. had season two. There you go. Yeah. And so it came out right around the time as the Superman movie and the Superman movie bragged that they sp spent all of these millions of dollars to make Christopher Reeve look like he was flying. And then they took poor Bill Cat and they literally tied him to the top of a truck and drove him around Burbank. <laughs> and then they just looped that footage. And then, of course, the famous joke in the show being that he didn't know 
know, he could never figure out how to land. So you'd always have the same B-roll of him flying, and then you'd just see him hurled against some things, and that was how he landed every time. Cheesiest, cheesiest show ever. Still super fun. Uh, as Brett knows, I have a sweater that I made years ago where I really wanted to put something on the back, and I thought, I'm going to put the, suit, uh, the Greatest American Hero logo on the back. And so I wear that around, and every once in a while somebody will stop me on the street and be like, what? <laughs> it still makes me laugh. I did a sci-fi wedding where I was the, the officiant, and they wanted me to wear like a, a, a I want to say tallis, which is the right word, but a, what is it, like a scarf, a scarf with all the major franchises on it. And the <laughs> one they wanted to be most prominent was Greatest American Hero. That's hilarious. I have so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. Oh, sure. I want photos. <laughs> okay. I want names. That is fantastic. <laughs> Well, but so the theme, believe it or not, uh, by Joey Scarberry, um, it was uh, a top 40 Billboard Hot 100 in 1981. It peaked at number two on the Billboard chart uh, in August of 1981, kept off the top spot by Endless Love, which is kind of funny to think about. Um, that was a great song. And it did uh, very well on the adult contemporary chart as well. I mean, this was a real song on the radio that people really liked. has the full version. And I think what I like about it uh, as a TV theme song is it's almost inescapable, the short version and the TV version. Because a lot of our songs we'll talk about tonight have the TV version and the full length version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're almost they're almost inseparable. Like they kind of, they recorded the full version and then they cut it down and put that one on TV. Like it's hard to split up the full version. It, it doesn't feel tag tacked on when you listen to the long one. So I think this is hilarious. I loves me some cheesy AM gold, man. <laughs> like Jennifer knows, like I will listen oh, to yeah. all those, like, like lonely boy. What was that? Andrew gold oh my gosh. did that one. Yes. You I put mean, that on one of your first give me some, me. give me some uh, seals and croft any day of the week. I just love that cheesy stuff. He is an old soul. England, Dan and the John Ford Coley. Come oh, yeah. on really do want to see you tonight yeah um so many of those songs were about booty calls so i <laughs> love me some am gold and this was am gold plus a cheesy superhero tv show believe it or not by far the best tv theme ever <laughs> let's go around the circle uh jennifer what do you think about believe it or not i you know the funny thing is i remember the song more than i remember the show and i know i watched the show but that was you know many many years ago and i had i haven't watched it since i know you have it on dvd but i haven't seen it they're but all it over there. always <laughs> bothered me because it's like, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. Never thought I could feel this good. Flying away on a wing and a prayer. Who could it be? Believe it or not, it's just me. But then there's that line when he says, oh, suddenly I'm up on top of the world. And it should have been somebody else. But all my life, I thought it was and you're loving somebody else. So it just made me so sad because I was like, well, well, yeah, okay, go, you greatest American hero. That's fantastic. And I'm sorry she loves somebody else, but I'm sure you'll find somebody for you. He's saving the world, He's, but he can't save his heart. Yeah, he can't. He, he, he can, you know. You gotta write yes. that, Brett. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> it just, it made me so sad. And it wasn't until, seriously, we were dating. So, like, within the last 13 years that I discovered... Oh, oh, that's very different. <laughs> Brett, or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Brett. So what do you think of uh, of this song? 
I love this song. It's one of my favorite TV songs. And I was telling Josh when he was asking me what song I was picking that this is one of them. But uh, I was after he told me that he picked it. Uh, and then I went through all the other ones and he said, you'll think of one. Just let me know tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but no, it's one of my favorite songs. I, I'm a big Superman guy my two favorite heroes are superman and spider-man it's superman because superman's he's the guy it's truth justice the american way always honest always truthful which is good and you get spider-man <laughs> spider-man got superpowers he didn't ask them it was it, it wasn't him he just got them and he had this great responsibility and i always thought of the greatest american hero as spider-man who can fly wow that's really oh. interesting he had that responsibility thrust onto him through no choice of his own. <laughs> uh, and he got, and then, uh, and I loved watching the show and seeing them get out of hijinks and trouble. And I used to sing this all the time when I was a kid. And I got in trouble once. Uh, I don't even remember what the heck I got, but I was being held late after school. And they said, well, we're going to keep you until 9.30. I said, you can't keep me until 9.30. The Greatest American Heroes on tonight, and I have to watch it. <laughs> Did they uh, let you out? They, they did not, and I missed it that night, and we didn't have oh. a VCR, and I don't know what happened. I had to read the TV guide and guess. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Days of yours. Do you want to borrow All of our Josh's DVD and like film the, the mystery <laughs> episode? Oh, I have the whole series. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. You got it. There, there's only three seasons. Uh, Ed, the theme to The Greatest American Hero. Have you ever seen this show before? Before you sent me this song uh, like an hour and a half ago. <laughs> Not even. I didn't even know this show existed. I, I did know the song, um, but it's like to me, it's like oh, it's like one of the, it's like one of those classic songs that is just around, and you don't know why people love it so much, but they do. <laughs> and here and and here I am, still being perplexed by this. So you don't like this song at all, or you just don't I get. Mean, it? I just it's like uh, uh, it's fine. It's like it. This goes into uh, Josh's. Uh, grouping of songs that he just likes the expression of joy which just isn't enough for me <laughs> like i'm like okay i get it you're happy why do you hate joy I, well i need i want i want another layer i want expressing <laughs> of joy because people are suffering or something i don't know well there i mean I, I think that's one of the things i like about it though is that it is an expression of joy but there's also like a fact that like he can't believe how fortunate he is Ooh. so it's not only an expression of joy but one there's a there's a surprise like a, a like a kind of self-bewilderment about it as well as a certain kind of insecurity in it where he's saying like it should have been somebody else like why why did you pick me for all this madness and yet i i can't I, i'm trying to enjoy it in the moment like i can't not kind of be excited about it i mean if you were to ask me, you know, what my superpower be, they always say, uh, do you want to be invisible or do you want to fly? Uh, I, I always wanted to fly. Like fly was always my superpower of choice. So yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying yet, but I do think there's at least a little more going on than just the general, uh, uh, how happy I am about things, but that no, is no, my, no, I, okay. I understand. And, I I mean it's 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 it it is that it has that like AM radio quality as you're talking about, and <laughs> obviously obviously the answer to the superpowers is teleportation. I don't I'm very I'm very confused why why people whenever people ask this question I'm like duh teleportation they're like well flying yeah. I'm like well just teleport like like you it's could faster. you could you could be you like you could teleport to the up there and 
like fall down and teleport back up and you know there you go then that's practically <laughs> flying well it's sort of like invisible flying too if you think about it yeah <laughs> it's like, like invisible and then flying. like and i always thought of if i tell patient and it's like yeah when wow. i worked two when i worked like two to midnight uh in indiana i was like oh i could like just teleport to hong kong have dinner come back <laughs> like, wow so convenient well let's move on now we'll turn it over to ed or jen does anybody want to step up no, I'll go. Jen, it's <laughs> up. Jen is up. Uh, well, tell us, Jen, what is the ultimate TV theme song? Well, like I said, I grew up listening, uh, watching a lot of shows in the 70s and 80s. And the the, the theme songs were, again, little, little stories, little preludes of what you're about to see, setting up the whole thing. And then, you know, again, come the 90s, you started to get pop songs that were being used. So what... I went with is one of my favorite shows and I think just a great universal show uh, is the TV show Friends. So I went with I'll Be There For You. So no one told you that was gonna be this way <laughs> Oh yeah, we all clapped in unison. Of course we did. We had to clap in unison. This is the only time I wish we had video. Although this is a good one. Okay, so there you go. So that's that's um, "I'll Be There for You" by the the Rembrandts, and so this song was written. Uh, the Rembrandts wrote it in conjunction with the producers of the show. So David Crane, Marta Kaufman, and uh, I forget who the other person is. It was Michael Scloff, and then the late, well, not late, great, oh. the unbelievable Ali Willis. Ali Willis. There you go. And so they wrote this for the theme, and so they wrote. Uh, kind of opposite to what you were saying before josh they actually wrote a minute and a half version and it became so popular they're like okay go back and add more add more lyrics to it like so now they have a three minute radio version so everybody knows the song everybody knows the setup of friends six friends post-college um pre-marriage post-divorce at you know in their 20s at that time in your life when you're still figuring things out and it's something that we've all gone through and you know we, we've all been very dependent upon our friends and hopefully we've had some good ones to help us see us through these awkward times when you don't you know things come up that you you couldn't have even imagined so that is one of the reasons that i love this well i mean the show is fantastic it ran for 10 years 94 to 2004 um the 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 song uh it was also one that hit all the charts i think it ran it was in like billboard top 100 yeah, for, a huge song. for for many actually i think it only hit number one in the uk i don't think it hit number one but i remember being out at clubs or bars and hearing this song i mean you would hear this everywhere um unfortunately it didn't do much for the Rembrandt's career i mean they had a couple of singles yeah they broke up pretty much right after this yeah. and then they kind of got back together in 2000 mm -hmm. and they broke up again and now they're back together kind right. of uh with when they when this song when Friends was kind of quote unquote re released to Netflix. Mm -hmm. They reunited last year and never did it. Yeah, that's right. I did see Aww. that they, they did do like a little uh, 
re regrouping. And apparently they really did not want to record the full length version. Mm-hmm. Their management was pretty much like, look, <laughs> you, you have no choice. Only reason people know who you are. And I think I'm going to go on limp. So this was like 94, 95. Um, I think it was probably one of the first TV shows that got its own soundtrack released on CD. Because, you know, everybody had movie soundtracks, but I think this is like one of the first that had them inspired because I know later Dawson Creek had their soundtrack and so forth. So I think this is one of the first ones. Mm. And they did have other songs that weren't necessarily in any of the episodes, but they were more inspired by or they, they would have been things that they were listening to at that time. So there you go. Yeah, that's the Rembrandt's. I mean. We should uh, note Allie Willis, who you mentioned mm-hmm. early, earlier, who you wrote mentioned. on this song, who uh, wrote September for Earth, Wind & Fire, yes. and wrote some great uh, disco funk songs back mm-hmm. in the day, a native of Detroit and a resident of North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, she hangs out at the NoHo Diner, actually. Oh my gosh, that's right. She was on that podcast you were listening. Yeah, I was, I'm obsessed with Allie oh Willis. My I gosh. think she's amazing. She's also insane, but I think she's amazing. <laughs> uh, many creative people are labeled insane it's funny when this song started i was like do you think paul mccartney gets residuals on that opening riff like it's <laughs> such a beatles song i think yeah. i don't think i noticed that at the time how much of a yeah. beatles song it was and and i guess the the challenge i always have with this song is that as much as i like like it within the context of the show when the extended version came out the second verse is so dumb yeah. <laughs> it really bugs it, me it was it felt a little forced and also because it wasn't what we were, um, it wasn't what we were used to. Like, you know, you're hearing this foreign foreign lyric that just, it just felt very forced. But yeah. Oh, and the bridge. Yeah. The bridge. Yeah, the bridge was such a weird spot. Um, yeah. yeah uh, uh, Brett, you know, it, what did you think of Friends and, and of the Rembrandts? Greatest TV sitcom ever written. Wow. wow. Really? It Big was, praise. It is, okay, I will say in the last 20 years, probably the best written sitcom mm-hmm. of anything that's out there. Uh, it was strong. It actually, over time, didn't get stale and old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, characters gr- the characters grew with it. And uh, every interaction was intentional. And you just watch the thing, and it's just joke after joke after joke after joke after joke. But it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. You're just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. And it's one of the few sitcoms where if you took the laugh track out, it wouldn't look like a bunch of people standing around being mean and then waiting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like where, where they, they deliver a line and then they pause. And then they deliver a line of pause. Like, I, I hate when you watch shows like that where it's so obvious they're like just waiting for the applause. <laughs> That's our new web series, Brett. We need to take the laugh track out of sitcoms and then just put like spooky horror movie music in the background. What are you doing next week? <laughs> <laughs> so menacing. No one used that. That's yeah. ours now. Just because you heard it doesn't mean Co- you get copyright? to Copyright? Can we do that? Verbally? <laughs> patented and copywritten? That's prior right. use. Prior use. Yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, for a show that ran 10 years, it didn't have, it didn't always have like the greatest seasons or the greatest story arcs, but it never had a really bad one. Like there's, like, I can't think of it even a bad one. They were I, like, every episode was so good. I can think I, of some pretty dull episodes, but... <laughs> It doesn't make them bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I I like Friends. I don't have the same emotional response that a lot of people do. To me, it's like Five Friends and Phoebe, I think is what it should be called. <laughs> uh, because I don't think anyone ever actually liked Phoebe. Uh, no, but I love Phoebe. They, That's not true. They also had, they had that tendency to when they could... 
uh, when things started to get stale, they would just bring in a new character, which is not my favorite TV technique. There, you know what? There were a, there were a bunch of episodes where they did stunt casting like with Bruce Willis and mm-hmm. Brad Pitt. Oh, well, when yeah. they were at their height and they, yeah. and all the cast was like Dating hooking up people. with famous people. Yeah. You yeah. don't see those a lot in the reruns on broadcast. My, my favorite thing to do with Friends reruns is try to tell by his weight what stage of recovery Aww. Matthew Perry was in. I like that game. I love you, Matthew Perry. <laughs> I know he's Matthew Perry's great on that show. He's, he's one of the best people on the he's show. He's actually one of the best. He's just stoned half the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've watched that. I've watched that series from end to end multiple times, and just focus on individual characters, mm-hmm. just so I could appreciate each character in its own. Mm-hmm. Uh. I mean, the evolution of the characters were so great. It was so relatable. I mean, everybody had struggled with at least one thing that they were talking about. You know, broken relationship. Um, you know, losing a job, Surprise losing an apartment, pregnancy. pregnancy. Um, <laughs> you know, ex-boyfriends popping up, um, like old rivals or old crushes showing up, like all these things. It was so relatable, but it just always felt so fresh. And I think if it ran today, it would still feel as current. I don't feel like it would be aged or dated at all. Mm, I maybe will the say, clothing a little bit. Maybe the pilot. <laughs> I dislike the last episode of that show almost more than any other last episode I've ever seen. <gasps> Was it more than Dexter? Touche. Okay. <laughs> well, but that's like the last three seasons. Like, eh. I don't understand why anyone kept watching Dexter, and that includes me. <laughs> no, it's just you're a completionist. The fact We've talked that about that, this. the fact that the show ended with Ross and Rachel yet again being Ross and Rachel, like you knew they were going to break up. 30 seconds after the credits wrapped on that last episode. No. Nothing changed. No, they were both afraid to just say, yes, I commit to you. And that's it. And now that all their friends were moving away and getting married and going to California. So they have no distractions. Yes, they could focus on them. Oh, and then we had two seasons of Joey. Uh, Ed, what do you think about, what do you think about Friends? Uh, When I think of, when I hear the song, it's like, in it's inexplicitly like connected to friends like to me yeah they're they're, they're like synonymous and i i don't know a single other rembrandt song outside of this you, you I, know a couple yeah up. but not you wouldn't be able to identify them i, I don't such. either yeah. yeah i don't either and then um <laughs> to me i i like i enjoyed friends when i watched it mm-hmm. by the time i was watching it i was watching it already in reruns in 2003 2004 2005 that's when i was like kind of active in it mm-hmm. and it, i always found the show enjoyable um i would do i haven't gone back to it since so i'm curious how it's hold holds up i didn't really i wasn't a part of the fanfare the last season um i did uh my coworker was watching it re-watching it at work uh about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. and i just every time i looked over it's like wow everyone is so white in this show that's what i, <laughs> that's what I, kept, that's what I kept noticing every time i Look to the right. Yeah, it's very un-New yeah. York. <laughs> it somehow managed to be whiter than Seinfeld, which was really hard at that time. Yeah. I know, well, yeah, and I was in my 20s when I started watching it, so it was so just relatable, so my life. Yeah, yeah the, I did not relate to it. The largest all. friends mm-hmm. fanatics I know um, are uh non-americans which i always find very interesting yeah <laughs> oh, so it's a universal theme oh. it like like yeah. like yeah global, a lot global a, appeal i remember specifically at disney like i was by, by the time i was at disney so that was like 2012 i was like way not watching friends at that point and and the, like there were still like people that i that i met for uh at f 
Epcot that worked in China or Japan, and they were like obsessed with Friends. I'm like, like, why is this show? Why do you care about the show more than I care about the show? That's really interesting, actually. That's funny. Well, let's turn it over to you, Ed. Uh, you brought a, a recent song, which I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on. So go ahead and tell us what you brought for this uh, TV theme speed down. Okay. Well, I think what will make, hopefully make my song stand apart from the rest is unlike your songs, or well, I don't, I don't know Josh's show, but unlike <laughs> your shows, this song is a million times better than the show ever was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Actually, that's that's kind of true about my song, but it really uh, is your perspective. Yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> like to me, I what I what I really like about bad things from True Blood is it it's 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 dark, it's gritty, it sets a tone, it sets you up for this amazing gothic masterpiece. And then you get true blood, but that's okay because you're like I, you don't care. Like when the next episode comes on, you're like that that intro sequence is so solid. And let's take a listen to bad things. <laughs> when you came in, the air went out, and every shadow filled up with doubt. I don't know who you think you are, but before the night is through, I want to do bad things with you. I'm the kind to sit up in his room, heart sick and eyes filled up with blue. What I love about this is you have these like call and response guitars going on throughout it. It's like, oh my God, so good. <laughs> the lyrics are on fire. The melody is on point. And like, it's just like, it's, it just has such a bite to it. And I just love, I just love it. I just love it. I actually Josh, agree with, thoughts? I actually agree with everything you've said about this song and about True Blood. I think that <laughs> it's really funny because I thought you were going to come in here and be like, and it's the theme to the greatest show ever. But no, joking? True Blood was like, True Blood was the greatest setup to the biggest hot mess on HBO. <laughs> it was, there would be episodes that were brilliant. There would be episodes that would be a mess. And I think it was the fourth or fifth season. They had a conversation that spanned three episodes. Christopher Maloney was still talking. 
Christopher Maloney was on the show? Yeah. I, only watched, was I watched the first, first three seasons and I watched the last season. I just gave up. But, but straight up, this song, you're so right. Like, this song would kick off every time and I would watch it. Every single episode, I would take a moment because I think the song is so good. I love how sexy it is. The whole opening credits, which have this weird kind of like... The great thing about the opening credits is that it's a montage of images that are perfectly innocent, which look filthy so like the scene where the little kid is eating strawberries and his face is covered in strawberry juice it looks like a person who is eating flesh <laughs> it looks like a zombie shot and then you're like oh wait no and then like the two people dancing on the dance floor is a great shot where they're just like hanging out on they're just dancing like two people on a dance floor but there's something so lascivious about it and the deep Composing Fox. That's the deco oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's true. That's, in, a, little, in, in, in that's a little aggressive. Speed it up time, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I agree 100% on this song. My only complaint with this song has ever been, like, everyone thought it was Chris Isaac. Like, Chris mm -hmm. Isaac is kind of like, when did I write that when this song came out? Well, I mean, to the point where I was a big Chris Isaac fan and I didn't even know and I thought it was weird because he also ha Chris Isaac has a song Baby Did a Bad Bad Thing and then I was like well why, when did he write this and it was so confusing to me but yeah I mean, we must have watched like the whole first season before I put it together oh did you I don't remember how much True Blood did you get through I got I want to say to the maybe the beginning of season four I mean it's we're beyond spoilers right like at this point if, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so like, if you're holding out on true blood spoilers, if, if you're waiting, fast go, forward thirty it. seconds. Okay. Just don't watch it. If you're holding out. <laughs> like you're gonna watch the show. Um, when she found out she was a fairy, like I think it was somewhere what? in there. That that was the beginning of season three. Right? That's when I checked oh, it out. Oh, that's the beginning. Of right response. Yeah. <laughs> She's in love right. with a vampire. That, like, Oops, the second, I'm a fairy. The she was like, and don't they eat the food. Up, I was like, I'm done. They want fairy blood or something like that. I stood. I stood through that whole main main ad sex orgy shiza. Oh my god! Yeah, that was pretty that, wild. That was all of season two, and I was like, that I was, was like, so. That was only season two. It felt yeah. so. I thought oh, I made it yeah, to four. I, did. <laughs> I only made it to three. Oh, I thought I did better than that. <laughs> but I did watch the last season out of like some like weird like eh, curiosity, and I did up, find yeah. I did find the vampire hiv uh allegory interesting at the end oh I guess. yeah i didn't know that like the, well. <laughs> the show like like all of alan ball's stuff the show is a metaphor for some kind of like sexual oppression um um denial some kind of sexual dysfunction the the like all of alan ball's stuff it's about some kind of sexual dysfunction and those aspects of it worked but it's just it ran out of gas and and it could never it was just one of those shows that like could never quite figure out what its big picture was and I was much that... too happy to just have lots of naked people. And it's it's funny. It's like I have a hard time by the by the time I stopped watching this, I would never say it was a vampire show. It was just, you know, it was a mythical creature show, you know. You had fairies, you had werewolves, you had this other woman who could possess people and and make them do crazy orgy things and you know, <laughs> possession and maybe some voodoo or something in there like oh yeah there are vampires too like like they're I, like I the lesser say... of all evils in all of this <laughs> you know thing to give true blood some credit uh, i know television shows have a tendency to kill off the the gay character and in in reverse to the books they kept lafayette alive i believe for the entire show 
Well, like, oh, that's Aww. interesting. Uh, Brett, he was a fantastic character. As, <laughs> he was very enjoyable to watch. Brett, as the least HBO person I know, have you ever seen True Blood? Yes, I have seen episodes of True Blood. Uh, I I always thought it was kind of interesting, but honestly, everyone was so good looking and in such good shape, and they were all nude. I just, it was hard for me to pay attention to the story. <laughs> Oh, there was no story. You, you were paying was, attention to the right parts. There was a story, theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> Although with the introduction of this, she was a fairy? I might go watch it. <laughs> oh, like, oh, yeah. And then there was, like, Sam was a shapeshifter. Like, all yeah. these things. I was like. Oh, yeah. Wear Panthers. I forgot about the Wear Panthers. Oh, God. What? Yeah. It was just, there was yeah. a point on that show where every single character was some kind of a mythical creature. And I was just like, this show is supposed to be about the the collision of the, human beings and mythical creatures. But apparently yeah. no one is human on the show. I think Ben's wife was the only one. And that is a stretch from Lost. Ben married to the redhead Carrie something. Oh, that's the right. She, but she, but she, was, no. she was carrying a demon baby. Oh, She wasn't a mythical <laughs> That's creature. right. That happened. There you go. She spawned. <laughs> Yeah, this is not a good show. It just—it um. was just so convoluted, and I'm fine with any six of these storylines, but they were just like they were just too many. Yes. Well, that is a uh, that is Ed Ed's pick this week. Uh, Bad things by Jace Everett. Uh, let's turn it over to Brett. Brett, you are the guest, and you have the benefit of going last. Please tell us what did you bring. For well, this best TV theme speed down. I will tell you, this is what I brought. Uh, just just as a prerequisite here, um, which is the wrong word, but I don't care. <laughs> I have watched more network broadcast TV than anyone in this room. And I can say <laughs> that confidently knowing how much broadcast television I have watched. Wow. <laughs> well, and you believe in network broadcast television. I do. And I don't want to get too far into how television is supposed to be a public trust and how there is supposed to be. Anyway, that's, I'm not going to get into it. All right. <laughs> uh, but I believe in broadcast television. And I think that the success of TV shows on cable have really pushed the networks to snap back and rethink their strategies for putting out TV shows, which is why we have so much good network TV right now. It's definitely made them step up. I, I, I can definitely see the effect of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, without, without drawing this out too much, uh, so I, I picked this song because it's the best song ever. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's where everybody knows your name. It was the theme song to Cheers. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see the troubles are Okay, so uh, the song uh, was written by Gary Portnoy, who also wrote the theme song to Punky Brewster. 
uh, and Mr. Belvedere. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. I know. Uh, Andy Gibb sung Punky Brewster, and I think Leon Redbone sung yes. Yes. Belvedere. Yes, sure. uh, uh, And it, let's see. Uh, so Cheers ran from, was it 82 to 93? So 11 years. Wow. And it, uh, greatest television director of all time, James Burroughs. James Burroughs. Yep. Uh, so, Mr. Burroughs, I love you. I'm just letting you know this. And it was like, uh, like It's a Wonderful Life taught me how to make movies. This song, this this TV show taught me how to make TV shows. Uh, <laughs> watching this show as a kid, I, I, I figured that everything got broken down into these four parts, and I'll just list them and not go into detail. There's a cold open. There's some kind of trouble. There's a plan to resolve the trouble, which may or may not work. And then there's the fix, where everything gets resolved at the end. Or not. <laughs> um, but I love this song because it really talks about something that we all feel. Everyone feels disenfranchised when they're not with their friends in a place where everybody knows their name, especially right now. Mm-hmm. And so when we go and we go to a bar, or we go to a club or we go to a restaurant, we always want people to be there that will go, Brett, Jennifer. <laughs> all right. Josh, too. If he has yeah. to be there. Yeah, if I, if he... <laughs> Um, because Jennifer's still loud. Yeah, it, 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 the whole the whole camaraderie thing. And wow. people could bust their chops, but everyone was there for each other. Mm-hmm. And that's why this is the greatest song. Also, according to a reader's poll in 2011 in Rolling Stone and TV Guide magazine in 2013, greatest TV theme of all time. Wow. wow. that That is impressive because... Um, I'll be there for you. Did make a similar poll, but it was like I think the fifty worst song, fifty worst TV theme songs. So there you go. So do you know the story of how this song got written? I heard. I didn't. I don't have it written down. I'll, I'll tell the short version. Go ahead. So Gary Hart and I'm sorry, Gary Portnoy, Gary Portnoy and, and Judy, Judy Hart. Judy. Uh, they were writing partners, and so they got a gig to write a musical called Preppies. And so they write this musical and NBC calls them up and says, hey, um, we're doing a TV show called Cheers. We, you have a song in your show called People Like Us, and we want to use that as the theme for our show. And they were like, amazing. We don't watch television, but that sounds great. <laughs> they were like, they had no idea. And they said, we just want you to rewrite the lyrics so that it's about a bunch of people in a bar in Boston. And they're like, sure. So they take this song that they think is pretty much done and they change the lyrics and they send it back and nbc is like we hate it so they're like try rewriting the lyrics again so they rewrite the lyrics again send it back we hate it so the nbc is like look start from scratch like just take us one shot start from scratch and go from nothing and they're like awesome so they write this song send it over we hate it so then finally they're like look we'll give you one more shot because the show's gonna go up and if you don't if we don't have a theme there's gonna be nothing so you get one more chance and gary portnoy's girlfriend had just broken up with him and so he wrote the opening lines as being really sad he was like they keep wanting us we keep giving them happy stuff because we think that's what should be on television so he wrote a, a really sad song which was about the Red Sox actually yep. yeah the original lyrics being about the Red Sox and, and they, they sent it over <laughs> And they were like, we love it. Just make the lyrics more universal so that they're not just about the Red Sox. And so at the 11th hour, they wrote Making the Way in the World Today Takes Everything You've Got, which is such a great lyric that apparently they just kind of dashed off because they were like, we have to have something. Yeah. And then apparently they were going to try to get um, 
uh, they had like a whole list of people they were going to try to get to sing it. And the producer was like, just have him sing it. He's been through enough. And so they let Gary Portnoy sing it. But it's a it's kind of a fascinating story of like just trying and trying and trying to get this tone right. And which sounds so easy like i think what i like about this song is it sounds so simple and, and almost it sounds like something someone would have written in 15 minutes and never thought about again and yet it's something that they toiled over for months and months and months to get exactly right so yes i i mean the the other great thing about this song and apparently it was totally intentional is that opening piano riff that da 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 da, da, da which they the uh, Gary Portnoy said he wrote that at the very beginning because he wanted to tell people the show is starting <laughs> please oh, wow. like come orchestra. to the television yeah. And they specifically put that in there. And as a child, that's how I would take it. I would be like, one show would end. And I was, my brain would be like, it's time to get up and do other things. And then that piano riff would come in and you would be like, oh, wait, no, but the show is starting. And you would sit back down. It's like the orchestra <laughs> tuning up. Exactly. That's, that's awesome. very true. I also didn't understand this show at all as a child because I didn't understand bars. So I would just be like, what are the weird pictures? Why is Boy George in the opening credits to this show? Oh. Yeah. Uh, 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 Michelle, who you mentioned earlier, got confused by this show because during an episode they were watching television at the bar mm -hmm. and it cut into Sam's office. And she thought that they were watching The Office the, and then when they came out and they were still watching TV, she got very confused. <laughs> well, Jennifer, you're from Boston, yes. so tell us a little about Cheers. Well, I mean, well, I think everybody around the country watched it. But yes, it was it was a big thing. Um, it's based on a um, the facade that you see is an actual restaurant a uh, restaurant bar called the Bull and Finch, and it, it is you you walk down the stairs, looks very exactly the same from the outside you walk down the stairs but once you go inside it's very different the the original one is much smaller and the upstairs is a very high class restaurant very nice um yeah it's something you know i think everybody grew up with it wasn't i don't like like yes it was set in boston yes it was um you know sam malone is um uh, f former red sox pitcher recovering alcoholic but he owns a bar and but yeah, because, you know, I was young, I didn't really understand bars either, but I understood people and <laughs> understood, you know, I recognized certain things and I just, I thought it was just such um, a very comfortable, familiar show. Like I might not have understood everything that they were talking about, but I got it in context, you know, like maybe some of the themes were a little bit over my head, but I did get it in context. I will say when they did... Um, when they when they did the final episode, uh, Jay Leno had uh, he did a live show for the Tonight Show where he had the cast and they were all at the Bull and Finch Pub in in Boston and the Boston uh, Public Gardens is right across the street. So you've got the Boston Commons and the Public Gardens and they're they're right next to each other. So we were in the the Public Gardens and it was raining and they had a giant screen on the the Public Gardens and we just went there. We all went, I think we were in high school maybe, um, and we went and we stood in the rain to like look up at, you know, the, the stars who've been hanging out all day and, and, and drinking and getting way too drunk for a live TV show and Jay Leno <laughs> never did anything like that again. And uh, we got to, we got to, I remember seeing Rhea Perlman and I think I saw Kelsey Grammer, but I don't really remember seeing any of the other ones. Um, but we stood there, you know, in the rain watching the finale with like, a hundred, probably thousand, couple of thousand people. 
<laughs> it was cool. super fun. Uh, Ed, cheers, and where everybody knows your name. Any thoughts on this one? Um, I do. I did see cheers in my life, and I'm I'm like googling around to see like where <laughs> like where was my where was my connection to it. I rem I, I distinctively remember in the year 1995 1996 watching on fox family cheers and wings as a rebroadcast hour <laughs> i loved so, wings wings was so good wings. so yeah so to me i'm trying i try to remember what like i can't remember cheers as distinctively as i because i remember enjoying wings more and i watched them both together <laughs> uh, it just had so many great characters like you just I feel, felt is it down. on is it on the Netflix if I, I if I gave this cheers a shot cheers give, used give it a to chance. be on Netflix. Be. I don't know if it still is it was I know wings is not at one point so as, as a younger person I probably enjoyed wings more as well because wings was a little more hijinksy a little more um, wings was a little broader where Cheers had a tendency to kind of get serious and to get more about like the love lives and the and the actual like grown up lives of his characters. Uh, Wings never bothered with that. It was a lot of sex jokes and a lot of uh, Ted dancing running around. Uh, so it does look like Cheers is on Netflix. So you can totally get into that uh, as, as well. You should. Cheers holds up surprisingly well, in my opinion. But that is it. Let's go around the circle now. We'll, we'll make our one last case for why each of our songs uh, is the greatest song ever. So now please tell the listeners why your song is the ultimate TV theme and no one else should ever be able to watch television again. Uh, why, which... do you, why is all of these beat downs at the end always so hyperbolic? <laughs> I just, Gosh. I just, I, I'm trying to make it, I'm trying to make it dramatic, dude. Uh... Yeah. It's too, <laughs> like, why can't it be like, and then, then, then you win. Like not like this. <laughs> Like ultimatum. Oh God, I can't watch television if I don't get this. Damn. So much pressure. <laughs> well, I will start. Uh, my song is, believe it or not, the theme from The Greatest American Hero. I'm going to tell you why it's the greatest TV theme song ever. Because you guys know this song and you don't know the TV show. And yet, <laughs> you know that it's a theme song for a TV show. Like, I think that's what's so amazing. Is that somehow, believe it or not, has not only risen to greater heights than the tv show it's from but it's still always recognized as a tv theme song it's not like this is a hit it's not like people listen to it on the radio they just know it there's plenty of theme songs that like had a life outside of their tv show or maybe became a little more famous than their tv show but the t it's usually those songs are from significant shows there's something I, in my opinion, pretty one of a kind about Believe It or Not. You know it, and yet you've never seen or even possibly even heard of The Greatest American Hero, but you know that it's from a TV show called The Greatest American Hero. I think it's pretty unique in that way. Joey Scarberry uh, is uh, wildly insignificant, and yet he'll always have this <laughs> to his name, and good for him. That's my opinion. Uh, going around real quick, I think Bad Things is a great song, but I think it's a great song more than it's a great TV theme, uh, and I think there's something to be said for that uh i don't think anyone needs to hear the rembrandts anymore uh what am i gonna say <laughs> just don't think anyone needs to hear wow. that one and uh the only thing i have to say about the cheers theme is that there's a full length version that he recorded um it, which is the longer version it's on an album called keeper listen to it on spotify and if you like that song wait until he gets to the guitar solo yeah. in the full length version and it will ruin that song for you <laughs> it's just sad so that's why I think you should vote 
for Believe It or Not, the theme from The Greatest American Hero, Jennifer, please turn it over to the listeners and ask them to make one final case (laughs) for your song. Yes. Again, I chose I'll Be There For You from Friends. And I think that this is a classic. I, I think this is the best choice because they are so tied together. You know the show. You know the show is fantastic. You relate to the characters. You love the characters. You you, you have like funny or similar experiences to these characters. It's fantastic. The song is about friendship. And it's a pop song that was written for the show about friendship. And I think that, you know, okay, Greatest American Hero. Yeah, it sounds like a theme song. It is a theme song. But... You know, if, if this is going to be a show about theme songs for television, you should know something about the television show. And uh, Bad Things, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's a very fun song. Again, yes, better than the show. Um, again, I just can't separate. I, I, I hear the beginning of that, and then I sing in my head the lyrics to Chris Isaac's Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing, which is a fantastic song. So if you like this song, I think you'd really love Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing. And... Brett, oh, you're killing me here because this was one of my, one of my possibilities. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say bad about it because it's actually been looping in my head all day today as I was tiling the bathroom floor. Yes. <laughs> but um, you're doing more stuff to the bathroom. Oh my god, you, yeah. You never stop. <laughs> I just saw. I'll it. stop it when great. it's finished. Yeah, I oh, can't thanks. wait. Thanks. Can't wait to be done. Yes. Um, so there you go. Uh, that, that is my choice. I'll be there for you. <laughs> well, let's turn it over to Ed. Ed, uh, please give the listeners one last plea for why they should vote for Bad Things by Jace Everett from True Blood. Bad Things is a fantastic song, better than the show. And I think what really makes it stand out is like the opening lines just demand attention. When you came in, the air went out and every shadow filled up with doubt. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. That. Like his low voice. There's a howl, like literally in the lyrics, it says howl later in the song. No, it's shit. <laughs> the the guitars are fantastic. It feels like an opus to a amazing gothic mystery, and then you get true blood. And that's <laughs> so there you go. Like bad things kills. <laughs> when when you came in, the air went out is a truly great lyric. I will give like this. He might be a wildly mediocre country singer, but that is a truly great lyric. Let's turn it over to Brett. Uh, Make one last case. Tell the listeners why they should vote for where everybody knows your name. The theme from Friends. That's the theme from Friends. I'm sorry. My God, I got the the wrong show. The theme from Cheers. The theme from Cheers. More votes for Jen. Doing a lot of things over here. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Uh, First, it was a fantastic show. And the second thing is that sometimes you really do want to go to a place where everybody knows your name and are always glad you came. And I'm going to stop there because if you haven't felt like that, don't vote for me. But if you've had the feeling that you want to be in a place where everyone says your name when you walk through the door and you recognize friendly people when they're there, then you should vote for me. Good, good show this week, guys. Gets the, gets, good show, everybody. Gets the 80s slow clap. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, that is it 
for us. And now it is up to you, dear listener, to tell us what you think is the ultimate TV theme song that you heard on the show this week. You can vote for us online. Just go to Beatdown Podcast uh, at beatdown.podbean.com. Beatdown.podbean.com. There'll be the latest episode right there on the top, and that will have a poll in it where you can vote. You can also tell us who you vote for on Twitter and on Facebook. On Twitter, we're at BeatdownPod, and on Facebook at BeatdownPodcast. You can also email us at BeatdownPodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think is the best TV theme song you heard this week. Before we go, Jennifer, people want to find you online. Where should they go? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Jenny B. Creative. And Jenny with an I. And Ed, if people want to find you, where should they go? Uh, at Eric Giordano. And I just wanted to give a verse shout out to Big Brother. It needs to end because I realized <laughs> in retrospect, since Big Brother Canada has begun, I have not worked out as much. I have not written as much. I've been much more <laughs> progressive in my life. It is too consuming. I listen to at least six to seven hours of podcast a week on Big Brother Canada. It needs to end. Just oh kidding. Bring it back. <laughs> wow. Okay. Impassioned plea. Uh, uh, Brett, if people want to find you online, where should they go? Uh, they can go to Schlankville on Twitter or a drinking game on Twitter. What do you do? What's the next drinking game? I can't tell you. Oh, okay. I can't. I'll tell Is it you a after. secret? It's a secret. Oh, Ooh. it's a secret. I'll I tell like you when secrets. I can tell you, though. Okay. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, I suppose. Uh, at Josh Burnell, B U R N E L L. That'll do it for us. We will talk to everybody next week. Good night, everyone. Good night. Ciao. Good night. Beatdown is a production of us and is recorded in the office attached to our garage. Our theme song is Optimism by the Numbers by Brian Lerner and used with his permission. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps others find the show. The music clips we discuss in this podcast are used in compliance with the U.S. Copyright Act, fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. If you want to listen to the songs we talked about this week in their entirety, visit us on Twitter at BeatdownPod, online at BeatdownPodcast.com, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash beatdownpodcast.